You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, you know, the technical difficulties finally caught up with us. Uh, it's been yeah. it's well, been a while, um, and we recorded the show a few days ago, and then uh, came back to find out that the audio did not quite work right, Kerpuck, and yeah. uh, in such a way as it couldn't exactly be fixed because uh, 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 it would still sound awful don't let Um, anyone ever tell you we don't love the audience enough to try to recapture that magic because uh, here we go yeah so um so we got four movies kind of to cover yeah and uh and in the original uh version of this i ran through a lot of uh other movies coming up and shows and all that stuff and i'm just not even going to do that now and uh it could end up sort of a blessing in disguise because we're going to have more time to talk about (laughs) Uh, 3,000 years of longing, you know which what? will work, I think. The funny thing is, is so we, you know, when we did the first version of the show and you had a bunch of stuff, I mean, I remember certain things like 1899, you know, I remember all the dark right, right, stuff, right. you know, we talked about a, a fair amount of these things and I just thought I'm not paying that much attention because I'll just fire <laughs> up the show and remember what you were telling me was all coming right. out. So now you won't even do that. That's so right. Yeah. I, so you know. we we will uh, theoretically get to that next week. <laughs> Jeez. Right. I love uh, it. I will. I will. However, mention just two things real quick because they're like right now. Um, of the things that I mentioned before, uh, was uh, Barbarian is coming out. That's on like the ninth. So that's yeah. like you know right. That's here. That's right now. And um, Pinocchio is right. uh, coming to Disney Plus, and that's basically right now, too. I think that yeah. might be tomorrow, Tomorrow's actually. big screaming day. Um, and that's uh, Tom Hanks, and we're doing, like, the live-action-ish, yep. whatever the <laughs> hell it is, um, version of Pinocchio, which, uh, honestly, we babbled long about Disney and their, yeah. uh, well. their whole theory of coming out with these movies all the time, which we both feel is a little goofy, even yeah. if... I liked Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it's not worth all the other movies. <laughs> I, I've rewatched that since. It, it's it was. I can't remember whether I was babysitting or whether I was, you know, I actually sat down to rewatch it again, and I warmed up to it more. I didn't right. love love it, yeah, you know, but I, I definitely came up to it a bunch, right? And and you know, <laughs> I think the thing is, and it's weird because that was so early on in when they started doing this, yeah. right? And that movie, uh, from all all the other live action ones that they've done, that movie stands out to me as being the movie where they were trying to do something. Yeah, not just go okay, fine. Here's like the scene for scene right. recreation of a thing, and now yeah. it's live action. It's like, well, hooray! Right? And they're you Disney. Didn't, like, do anything with the product, right? Beauty and the Beast. You know, there's like some decisions and yeah, there's, there's some, some stuff. Uh, stuff happening, right? And then that's so early on in them doing it. Right. And then every next movie, nope. Yeah, right. Like, no. <laughs> Almost like they didn't love the reaction they got when that was one of the best received films. Right, right. And it's Disney. It's not like they've got to make a film every four years to keep the IP rights. Right. Like, they got it. Right. So what they're doing is what they're doing like but who's making those calls like i would think someone would just say hey beauty and the beast did x let's do that again yeah i don't know but anyway pinocchio is uh is coming right up and uh the there's two right is there what sorry i'm sorry there's a guillermo pinocchio and then there's i always think of it as the non-guillermo i don't know which one is which there is um maybe guillermo del toro's isn't done yet but yeah i don't know um, I know Ewan McGregor is doing Jiminy Cricket in one of them, but I don't know if it's the Tom Hanks <laughs> Geppetto one or not. Like, I have no clue yeah, where, where those guys are. All right. I didn't know. Uh, so also is uh, this Barbarian movie, which is getting uh, some really serious... Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. Is it? Word of mouth. Yeah. And uh, people huh. love it that, uh, that have seen oh, it. Oh, cool. 
And it is, it's one of those where, um, you know, everyone you hear talking about it is like, oh, you just don't know what's coming because it's all so weird and random and crazy that it's like you can't uh, really just be sitting there going, oh, don't go in the basement or whatever. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, whatever it's, that it's, is. Uh, it's supposedly very twisty and weird and you're not going to see what's coming huh. and, and therefore no one will tell you anything about it. Right, because right. they're like you have to. You got to see it. You, you have to go it. in yeah. blind and yeah. and be surprised by everything. Right. And I don't know. Like it still just seems. You haven't seen any of it though, right? <laughs> I haven't. No, because sometimes um, you'll see. I mean, like, I've seen like uh, clips, a couple of clips, yeah. maybe, Is but good? not you know like I mean all together like a few ask, minutes. I, don't know um, I should ask myself uh, who's in this. Yeah, but it's uh, I don't know if you like horror at all. If that is. Going to be in your wheelhouse. Uh, supposedly, it's it's yeah. very very good. So we'll see in a week what the word of mouth is. Right. But uh, for now, everyone's loving that. So the rest of them are a little farther away, and I'll, you know we'll go through them next week, and I'll I'll let you know what's uh, coming up. But uh, I did also want to mention that on HBO Max now you can watch Bell, oh, yeah. the movie that uh, you know came out last year and it was the movie that a certain small select number of critics thought obviously ought to be the best animated movie of the year all right uh versus uh no one else had heard of it so right (laughs) so it was like uh some stiff competition right (laughs) but it's now on hbo max and it is really really good yeah it's if i'm remembering correctly it's uh from some people from Studio Ghibli yeah. who are, you know, right off Working, in their own thing yeah. now or whatever. But it is it's really, really good. That's cool. Um it's it's wild and crazy and gorgeous and you know, whatever. Anyway. Uh so check that out. And I also was going to mention just because you have to that it's like Rings of Power and House of oh, Dragons, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, and House of Dragons is just getting odder and odder, I think. And I mean, it's it's good, right. and if you're a fan, you're gonna like it. And it's you know got another episode out now where we jump forward in time a few years, and it you know it it feels like it's trying now to just become more and more the Greek mythology of the original show or whatever. And it's all this, you know, everything is this bonkers, grandiose, heroic things. It's like we're, uh, you know, it's like when you're in Greece, when you're in ancient Greece and, and then write the Odyssey Oh yeah, about right. <laughs> the stuff that you know, whatever. I don't know. It's so it's just very weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it's good still, but it's just yeah. I don't know. It's a little odd. Man, anyway, you, and uh, everyone hates Rings of Power. Watching one of the, I mean, it was it was telling you right before we started trying to see if I had watched anything new over the weekend, and it had just been one big family thing after another. So I hadn't, but one thing I did do over the weekend was drop, I, I rarely get on Twitter, dropping in on Twitter every once in a while and watching Neil Gaiman just like smack down people that are crapping on rings of power left and right for right. like sexist or racist or just anything. And, right. and just watching him so Britishly do it. Like, just basically take his glove off and smack you in the face with it because showing you how stupid you are for arguing about black elves or something. Right, right. And I saw someone say something like, if you're really upset that there are black elves and black gnomes, you have to remember there really are no elves and gnomes if you're a racist. Like, that. I mean, it's just so weird. But watching him just surgically cut people's arguments apart, I I haven't seen it yet. It doesn't sound like it's bad. It just sounds like... This is the internet's ugly head rearing up. And yeah, it, no, it it is it is actually pretty good. It looks it's, stunning, I it's guess. Fun, but but yeah. it is it's the weirdest thing of seeing everyone. <laughs> you know, it it's turning into kind of one of those things where it's so big right. that now uh, everyone has to find a way to hate it, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's just like if 
Including, I mean, not just like the Twitter trolls, right? But including yeah. like, uh, you know, everyone, right. like news outlets yeah, and stuff. Right. You have to find some way to not think it's cool because right. that's how you're going to get a lot end. of clicks yeah, or something. Right. Whether it's the fact that there are black people, right? which, um, you know, House of Dragons is having its own problem with too, yeah. right? I mean, um, if it's not that, Right then, it's like Galadriel is too tough and right. kicking ass too much, and that's stupid. Yeah, uh, which is just saying that you haven't actually read any Tolkien. Right, right. <laughs> You're <laughs> going by just an weird, Aerosmith video right? or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I read The Hobbit when I was eight, and now I'm mad. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. You didn't do it right. Um, yeah, you didn't read the other books either. Right. Anyway. Um, or, you know, I, I even read something, I think it was actually like in the Irish Times, right? <laughs> and it's like, Uh-oh. That, and it's like this whole thing where we're pissed because uh, the, the poor uh, living in the woods, Harfoots, oh. speak in like an Irish accent. Right. And the rich people, you know, yeah. just speak English or whatever. Sure. It's like. I mean, come on. Let's look and like harder. the dwarves yeah. are yeah. speak Scottish mm-hmm. because that makes them sound stupid or something. Right. It's like, man, okay. Let's, let's roll up our sleeves and look for stuff. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, but actually, I mean, I think Rings of Power is is pretty good. It the yeah. whole concept seems off to me. Like, I mean, it's like, hey, this is cool. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why I care, but right. it, which is the same as House of Dragons for me. But I'm stunned it's taken, and it, we still haven't got it. But there ought to be, although I guess I, I guess I do see this I, in this vein. I'm saying very slowly that sometimes people just want to live in the IP. Right. I'm stunned there isn't a Hogwarts, you know, series right. where it isn't, you know. The kids that you know, but it's really just the building and the professors and the hijinks. Right. Like, instead of the Umbrella Academy, if there were Hogwarts, and obviously people would tune in to see, there'd be a Weasley, because there's always a Weasley, but it wouldn't be about Harry and his adventures. It would be about the place itself. Right, right. Why they don't do that? Because people just want to keep reading those stories, because they just want to be there. That's right. it. You know, so this is what I think. They're like, well, we don't care. We've seen all the films. Let's just go back to the Shire. Let's do some more things. Can't right. you put a ring somewhere? Right. You know, so I think that's probably the point. But. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, so like I said, we got four movies to get to, um, at least to some extent. So we got 3,000 Years of Longing, Samaritan, and Me Time. Samaritan is... Uh, not Netflix. What is that? Like Hulu or Um I think that's I think that might be Hulu. Man. I yeah, I I think that one's Hulu. Me Time is uh on Netflix. And then also uh we're going to do Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul even though you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. That's fine. Because take I that. I will. Um it's on it's <laughs> right. on Peacock and in theaters and whatever. Right. Um and, and so, you know, we won't really cover it cuz you haven't seen it, but it's uh, it's Regina Hall and it's Sterling K. Brown, and and then we're gonna do three thousand years of longing, and that because Samaritan and Me Time don't actually need any time, and in our first <laughs> run through of this, we gave them way more time yeah, than they deserve. I can, I can cliff note it and uh, and babble about them anyway. Um, so Honk for Jesus, save your soul is um, you know, like I said, I'm not gonna go through it a whole lot. It is a uh, you know, a rework of uh, the writer-director's, uh, like, 15, 16-minute short film, which was exactly the same uh, theory. Really? Yeah. Um, and just, we've expanded on it and got money and names. This is like Sling Blade. Into it. Uh, yeah. Basically. So, um, which is really weird. I haven't seen the short film. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to see the short film. Honestly, <laughs> I bet it's better. <laughs> Yeah, because and 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 I have to admit my biases here um, because, (laughs) frankly, critics don't do that enough. Right. Uh, They pretend they don't have any and pretend that they're uh, giving out their uh, their viewpoint of a film as though it were somehow more objective than it is. Not necessarily like they're trying to pretend they're 
purely objective, although I suppose some are. But, right. um, but I am just uh, infinitely biased against this movie because I just could not care less. Uh, oh, it, yeah. it is the it is the weirdest movie. It it's very much, and I'll tell you the thing that really threw me about this movie was an NPR interview with Regina Hall, where uh, you know she's talking about how uh, these are not good or bad people, and which in a small way maybe in, in a in a way we're we're totally kind of bashing on and exposing these people but then right. in another way we are a little bit trying to go look that i mean they're just people and you know right. they're false circumstances and, and they have flaws <laughs> and this is this and that is that and everything yeah. and i'm just i'm like no um they're, <laughs> right they're There's- just purely evil people it's just that their evil comes by way of a certain stupidity right uh but that doesn't make them not bad right there's not an excuse you can't stupid your way out of going well they're not really good or bad they're just doing things they shouldn't or whatever like um like it's a child we have to forgive yeah i don't know that it's like um because uh they don't when the cameras are off because they run a mega church uh the the story is they have this really really big mega church kind of thing going they're uh, super wealthy, yeah. right? Like they are, uh, they're maybe not the biggest, right? But, you know, they have Ferraris and planes right. and helicopters and gigantic mansions and the whole thing. Yeah. And when we come into the movie, we are, I guess, a couple of years or so after the big sex scandal. Oh, yeah. And we are still... Uh, finalizing the, you know, settlements to make it all go away and whatever. And they are trying to reopen their church where, you know, they had, God knows, thousands of people would show up to this thing, plus they're on TV and the whole deal. Yeah. And uh, these sex scandals happened, and basically they had to, they (laughs) closed it because no one came, right? right? Everyone was gone. Except for their five uh, people oh, yeah, who are right. their diehard fans. There's whatever. always going to be a handful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the the gig of the movie is that it's like the office, right? They hire these people to come in and document their grand return right. or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, they're horrible, evil people. Right. Uh, they're just dumb. They're just dumb enough to like you know, uh, lie to themselves and think right. that they're not right. horrible people. And they, you know, they show like the closets and the, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothes they have in here and, you know, on and on and on. And, uh, you know, in a certain way, it's like watching the Tammy Faye Baker movie right. all again. Uh, right. Because, uh, and with the exact same, uh, weird, to me, sensibility behind it, where we're trying to say, you know, look, Tammy Faye wasn't that a bad person, right? right? right. But, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. it is like for me, it is such a weird thing that you know, it's like when the cameras are off and they're in their home, they aren't like twirling their mustache and going, "Haha, I'm." screwing everyone over and taking their money and they're all idiots. Like, because we're not doing that, then we're not bad. Even though all the other stuff we're doing is the exact same as if we were doing that. Right. right? I mean, it's like, you know, whatever it's like, uh, you know, Tammy Faye, like she's nice to certain people. Sure. And she doesn't think of herself as, you, you know, ripping off her idiot followers for jillions of dollars, right. and therefore she's not a bad person or whatever. Like right. she, she's not maybe doing things right or right. whatever. Right. But anyway, um, but yeah. So Regina Hall was uh, doing this interview where, like, basically that's what she's saying. You know, that like, well, they're not good or bad people. They they believe that they're doing something good or whatever it is and right. you know 
yeah, you know, the church could be better. <laughs> right, yeah. The church could be better. Right, right. It's like, I mean, I just, you know. So anyway, that's my bias, right? I mean, if we made a movie about the Nazis and right. tried, tried to, to sympathize to, them, tried to show how, yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't kick every dog they passed. Right, yeah, hey, so, see? So they're not so right. bad or whatever. Bad right. I mean, right. I, you know, right. I don't get it. Anyway. Uh, so, but as a whole, trying to look at the movie, so like the best I can possibly give this, yeah. and I think in uh, trying to look at things in a objective way of the total package, um, I think it has positives, right? Uh, Sterling K. Brown is in it, at Regina Hall's in it. They're both, I imagine, you know, doing great work, right? Right. They, they're both doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're both really good in it, yeah. right? Um, it's just that it's like you got Regina Hall for one, and it's like, you know, give me, uh, you know, like a vapid, insipid, right, trashy, useless person. Yeah. And she does. Right. I'm wondering how hard that is, is like the thing, right? Ooh. Like, is that hard Ooh. to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, no, I, I know. Anymore. I don't know, man. And then you watching this movie and you also get the weird thing where what this movie <laughs> is giving you is exactly what you think, uh, these, you know, horrible, vapid people are like, just like when we watch bodies, bodies, bodies. Right. right? And then I'm like going, okay, but, like, is that what they're really like? Yeah. Or is that what I think they're like? Right. And that's what you're giving me. Right. And so I go, look. That's I'm what, right. That's what yeah. I think they're I like. I knew it. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it's just, it's such a weird thing. But they are mm. doing a really good job. I think the writing is actually really good writing. Yeah. Right? And so now, like, I'm in a dilemma with this movie, right? The right. best I could give it uh, to, you know, get rid of the suspense. The best I could give it is a three. That's what I wrote. Because I always tell what you're up to. Um, because now we go way back to when we were talking about uh, our view of rating movies, right? right? And and my view is, uh, you know, how how well is the movie doing what it's trying to do? And I think this has to get like high marks for that, right? Right, because it's doing it. Uh, and is it something? Right. Reasonably worth doing. Is it right. <laughs> is it something that's actually uh that has any, you know, quality built into it that is meaningful to do? And I just don't think it does. It's the dumbest it, weird. It, it's the dumbest thing ever. Right. right? It's like it's, it's hitting really well on it's one. It's awful. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like the fact that it exists is you know, I'm like, man. Make a movie about something. Like, this is literally a movie that's yeah. just not about anything. Yeah. It's about these people no one needs to see. You could make this movie in like 15 minutes. Yeah, now you and got pretty me much do everything that there is to do as opposed to just doing it more. Right. And just doing it longer. And you're doing the same thing and just going, look. These are horrible people right. taking a bunch of money from people, right. and they convince themselves that they're doing something, you yeah. know, godly, despite uh, the guy, Sterling K. Brown, who's yeah. like the preacher, right? right? Despite the fact that he is clearly, demonstrably bad, right? according to his own rules, right? And it doesn't phase him at all in his theory of leading other people and like saving them. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil things uh, for what happens because, you know, it is it is kind of fun the way the movie ends. I mean, it's fun for me because it's like, you know, it, it's like if the movie has anything it can get out of you, it's just sort of schadenfreude, right? Right. Because... Right. <laughs> because uh, here's these horrible people who, you know, live the high life, right? Yeah. They're, right. they're crazy you rich. Come down. 
and uh, and now it, nothing good is happening yeah, for right, them, right? right. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's weird. And really, all we do in the end, which I can't imagine, this is part of the original movie because it's too short. But all we get in the end is that everybody shifts over to the other one. Right? Oh, interesting. And it's like, you know, now the the followers have have no have learned nothing. Right. 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 <laughs> but. But in the end, he's like standing there saying that, like, they're here for me. They're here for me. And he clearly has his own egotistical God complex kind of thing going on. And it's just all about him being the person that everyone's listening to. And it's crazy. And she is trying to, you know, the, the one pretty decent thing about the movie is, is watching her try to figure out personhood and failing miserably right, right. over and over and over. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. right. I mean, so that's pretty good. But, I mean, I just, you know, like I said, I just don't get it. You make this exact same movie about, uh, you know, some couple in the really high ranks uh, of Nazi Germany right? and try to tell me about how, uh, sure, they're horrible, but yeah. let's, like, really look at them. Right. And I'm like, and why? Right. I don't right. want to look at yeah. them. Right. I don't know. Anyway. I'm curious to see. I wonder if that. Uh, I wonder if the short is out. I wonder if you can check that out somewhere. I imagine there's. I mean, there's it'd be some interesting way. to see yeah. it because it sounds. I mean, I, we've seen films. We've and seen I think, a lot. I think it's from like 2017. Yeah, it's not that old. It's not yeah. like a. Somebody you know, saw it and yeah. thought, you know, if you sit in some of these scenes a lot longer, you'd have a, a short film. And they're like, I can do that. Right. From what it sounds like, you know, and we see people do that all the time, but and uh, you know, but like I said, from like. Uh, completely objective viewpoint there's a lot of things that it does yeah, right. really really well that's weird right that's so a, that's a it's one. yeah it's it's very weird and uh you know there is there is like a certain almost psychotic hilarity to the fact that uh you know the movie's called honk for jesus right right that in the in the last few days before they're going to do their grand reopening yeah. and they need to get people in and they really are just standing on the street outside their church, holding up a sign, <laughs> right. talking about like, like they have no actual idea how to get people in. Like at some right. point earlier, they got people in right. and built like a following this and thing, had thousands yeah. of people. And now they're trying to, swing back around right and i don't know did that work when they started did they just stand on the street corner with a sign right. that said like yeah. we're opening on sunday or something and it's yeah. so bizarrely pathetic yeah right <laughs> that you know i mean it's so it's kind of interesting for that that's anyway funny. uh so that's that one so uh we're gonna go into three thousand years longing and yeah. try to give that at least uh, a fair amount of time which it deserves um and and it's uh it's idris elba and uh it's tilda swinton and i'm pretty sure it's still in theaters <laughs> because yeah, boy, they're that's interesting. Uh, I'll look I, because I there so. aren't enough things to try and kick it out of theaters at this right. point uh there, there's not uh, a lot you know as we've been saying we're in like this lull yeah and uh before too long, we'll get out of it, but we've still got a few weeks of uh, nothing huge is coming out. Anyway, so this one is uh, Idris Elba is a genie, and um, Tilda Swinton finds him, right? Yeah. And and, and sort of, I don't know, uh, a weird sense of hilarity ensues or whatever, and he needs her to make her wishes and she doesn't want to, and she is uh, very set in her life, and she knows all too well about the Trixie genies, which um, I, you know, I kind of thought was a little weird because he's like, I'm not one of those Trixie genies and stuff, but he's been in bottles for three thousand years. How does he know yeah. that there are like right? <laughs> 
<laughs> that there is all this history. He must of the have stories email. of the Trixie genies. Anyway, he, get, he gets text messages. She's like, I know what happens. You wish for something and then you get it. But little did you know that now your life is ruined. And she's like, and I'm okay with where my life is. Right. And he has <laughs> to then tell her basically the whole story of his life. Yeah. Uh, from 3000 years ago when, you know, now things get a little fuzzy, right? Because if we go back 3,000 years, there used to be genies, there used to be wizards. Right, sultans, and, magic, um, everything. You know, whatever. But anyway, so he tells the story of the three different times that he got trapped in a bottle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thus kind of showing who he is and trying to get her to make wishes so that he'll be free because... He has to grant the wishes uh, or he can't be free, which you would think would be an easy gig. Right. But not so much. Right. Um, and, you know, that's that. Now, I was trying to think about this movie and it was really funny because actually, because I don't write them all down like you do, right? Oh, yeah. I've got them. I mean, um, if we need it, I can tell you. But <clears throat> I I couldn't remember exactly what we both gave this. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't just listen to it and find out. <laughs> well, you I could. mean, actually, I, you I could. could. You could have yeah. cheated. Um, I can tell you. But I'm pretty sure that I could not get past a seven right. on this. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to yeah. uh, really bad. Yep. And we won't go uh, quite yet into the whole thing. Um, but the movie uh, for both of us had these different dissection of parts where this was good this was not as good and yeah. all that stuff and so i was thinking about it more now and i'm like man you know like the end the beginning is is so good and and i'm like no i just i can't i i can't <laughs> give it more than I seven and i won't um, i really like it yeah. i think everyone should watch it i wish there were more movies like this yeah i wish people would do things more frequently uh, where we're we're experimenting with what we can do both in like kind of the flashback telling story yeah. and in the present telling story where the, the the movie is literally just all two people sitting in a room that's yeah. the whole movie right yeah, for <laughs> except most part. for he's telling the stories right um, anyway, I think it's really cool, but I couldn't get higher than a seven, even if I, no matter how much I recommend it. Right. And, and no one will ever know. Um, I was here and you can listen to it anytime, but that first, that first crack at this podcast, we gushed. It was one of those that we take some ribbing for, which is, you know, we just go in hard about how much it's fun and awesome and exciting and, you know, creative. And then we come down real hard and on then we it, go you know? four so <laughs> it wasn't quite like that i liked it i liked it a bit more than you then and i think you know i don't know where you're at it now it's it's one of those films the more i think about it after having seen it i'm inching i'm not leaping but i'm inching more higher right right i gave it an eight then and agreed with you you know that the film before we dive in too deep you know i think it starts off like just wonderful and it's all this energy and and literally just the creative flow of how the film is being shown to you is just so much fun. It feels like you're on a magic carpet and here's the ride. Right. We're just starting. My big problem with the film isn't, isn't really the story. It's just all the small things that are kind of death by a thousand cuts. The pacing is really uneven. There's, there's some choices that I like. I like a little bit more now than I did a week ago. But then when I saw the film and the instant feeling I had was, you know, was very similar. And I think I said some version of this, which is I loved the first third. I was still interested in the second third. The final act, I, I was sort of hemming and hawing. Like I could see right. an argument being made for why it was good and why it wasn't so good. And I just, I still feel like in some ways, especially with George Miller, that that's the way that film had to end. I think if somebody else had been doing it, like a Guillermo del Toro, you know, for example, I don't mean like David Fincher or, you know, Brett Ratner, you know, anything like that. But I mean, for somebody like George Miller, who really does like stories going in that direction, I kind of feel like that was inevitable that it would go that way. I don't know that I agree with him. And right. I don't know that I think it serves the film best. Right. But it's his movie, you know, and, and I watched it and that was how I felt. I think that the 
end, and I don't mean the ending, but the end of the film is, I think, the weakest part. And I don't think that's the way it should be, especially with the story that you have at hand and the work that you've done and the way that you've done it. Because, again, one of the things I said last time, and and we've said a bunch of times anyway, is... You know, we both loved Fury Road when it came out, and it's really not that much talking. It's just octane action. And this is exactly the opposite. There were moments of, you know, incredible action, but there's just flashbacks and storytelling. Like, really, it's just two people, you know, and I guess as a Jin, you know, as a Jin, you know, I don't really know how old he is. I can't remember if he said in the film he's over 3,000 years old because he's been longing that long, but she's safe and comfortable in her middle, you know, middle aged. And there's not a lot of running around and fighting things. Like they're just sitting in a hotel and then they're sitting in a flat and they're talking. Right. And he's trapped. And it's great. Uh, Yeah. And and he's trapped anyway, even though he's out of the bottle. Right. Right. Because uh, there is this whole thing with the wishes. And it's, uh, you know, he has really no option of anything until she does whatever she's going to do right. or does nothing, which he's also scared of. <laughs> right. and, and so the movie, like you said, there it, it's kind of uh, really spelled out thirds, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all movies are sure, actually. Right. I mean, technically, but... but- um, but this one really, even, you know, like the time marks, you can almost see the chapter exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the first part of it, I agree. The first part of it, I thought it was great. The first, uh, you know, the very, very beginning, you yeah. know, I don't know, but somewhere in there in like the first half hour, I mean, I really thought like, this is going to be my favorite movie. Here of we the go year, again. Right. right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Boom. And, uh, and the second third, there is the second third was okay, but there are a couple of parts in the second third that I really was kind of like, what is happening? Um, because there's, there are scenes that go on way too long for no reason. And the pacing gets really weird in parts of the middle where all of a sudden you're just like, I mean, is this going to end? Like, move on, right? Like, you get bored, and it's crazy that you get bored, but you do because no matter no matter how interesting you might be, you know, showing me the cliffs of Dover or whatever beautiful thing I'm looking at, or however interesting the thing you might be telling me is on its own, sort of. If it just doesn't seem like there's any reason you're telling it to yeah. me, then it's boring. Right. And so it gets a little boring. And the movie is a whole lot of we're trying to look at all these stories to figure out what love is. And yeah. he's, you know, every time he gets out of the bottle, he's in love. Before he got in the <laughs> bottle, he's in love. Right. You know, he's just and and he's been doing this forever. Yeah. Right. And, you know, because he could be infinity old. Who knows? Right. Like, uh, yeah. The 3,000 years is just when he's been in the bottle, right? Right. But anyway, you know, we got all these little snippety stories where you're, it's like you're reading Aesop's fables, except it all happened to the same guy, (laughs) right? Where we learn something about love and, you know, this is this and that is that or whatever. Um, But in the middle, there are parts where it's like, you know, I get this part, all right? Like, let's, let's get there. I don't need right. to see your ghost form for another 10 minutes and, <laughs> yeah. and go, yeah, it sucks when you're in ghost form. Like for like, it just, no matter how much I like it, right. I'm, I'm like, look, I don't like those parts, but, but for me, the end is really kind of a killer. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he's like, this is how I'm going to have my movie end. And, you know, there's uh, different writers slash directors have different ideas about what the ending of a movie needs to mean. And what maybe any one particular ending of a movie has to be, right? Yeah. Like, you know, M. Night is going to have a twist. Right. No matter what movie he makes. Somebody yeah. gives him like a <laughs> jillion dollars to make right. Avatar. Yeah. And all of a sudden, feels a little twisty at the end. Right. Even though I watched the whole they really just original show and whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. But, you know, he's yeah. got to have his twist. And if a movie ended without a twist, like, you know, he would go into spasms or something right and other directors you know what they really want in a movie ending 
is for it just kind of to stop at some point. Yeah. And then you just go, look, man, that's just where we had that's to stop all we filming. See. And that's yeah. the end. Yep. And now go think about it. Right. And, you know, the, the real ending is you thinking about it on the way home or yeah. whatever. And right. everyone has their ideas, right? For this movie, for me, I think he's just wrong. Yeah. I think this movie has to have a different ending to really sell me on having watched all the stuff I watched, right? You yeah. have to you have to get somewhere. And I mean you get somewhere. Right. No, <laughs> right. Yeah. But but you get somewhere almost vaguely accidentally. And and she gets kind of a good ending out of the ending because it's like where she was before she met him and where she is now and mm-hmm. and how she is different unrelated to him you know whatever and right. and their continuing saga or whatever yeah but still uh you know for me the movie it, because you feel it i think because it's like the movie just stopped it's like uh yeah. it's like he had more but Somebody else had the money and said, nope, you're done. Forgetting, <laughs> forgetting Babe and Happy Feet and the, the kids stuff, you know, one of one of the only times I thought George Miller kind of nailed, and I don't mean, when I say nailed an ending, I mean really wrapped it up, not just brought it to my satisfaction. Because as much as I think the vagueness of Fury Road or any of the Mad Max films, for that matter, end, they're very like... Wait a minute. What? Where's the? Where's he going? Where is right, she doing? Right. Where the? You know, Witches of Eastwick has an ending. You know, it it comes around and it finishes its story. Now it leads into potentially another story, but there is an actual like sort of conclusion there. I think back and I watch like Fury Road, and you know, spoiler alert: the thing's only like seven years old at this point. But Furiosa looks like she's been through the ringer. She's being lifted up with everybody else to the command center, you know, where Morton Joe was, she looks down and she sees Max sort of waving and walking through the crowd. I'm like, right. so he's going out into the desert for more movies. Right. And she's going to stay here and rebuild and milk mother everybody in a good way. Right. Miller likes this kind of fairy tale thing where, it, you know, even in Thunderdome and in the road warrior where it's all just like a voiceover and someone says something to the effect of, and Captain Walker walked towards the horizon and we never saw him again. Right. You know, and it's just kind of like, and they lived happily ever after. E- even in, and he does that in, in uh, The Road Warrior too. Here, I kind of get the ambivalence of what is going to happen with people who are older and coming to a relationship in on strange terms. And what's going to happen? I get that he doesn't really feel... I mean, I'm just really making a big presumption here. Like, he doesn't feel like he can tell, so, like, let's not tell. Right. And I think, no, nah, you got to tell, and maybe there's time in between. Maybe your decision how the film ends on a Monday, maybe by Thursday things are different. You still got to give me Monday. Right. I didn't hate the end, um, but I felt that it, was, it wasn't it was quite getting there, uh, for sure. But, man, I loved, all the, I loved all the stuff that got me there. Yeah. Some stuff, and I'm trying to remember the, the fun that I had when we talked about the film before, which was just the minutia of things. Like, she's a narratologist. She studies stories and folklore. So it's no wonder. It's a little bit kind of amusing that when she finally gets a gin in her hotel room, you know, and he's like, here we go. Give me, th- you got three. You can't, and here right. are the rules. I'm right. going to lay out right. the rules very qu- clearly. And she's so skeptical because she studied these stories forever. And she's like, well, I know that asking for what I want isn't going to give me what I want. So let me think about it for a while. And he's like, sure, I've only been waiting forever. You know, there's a bunch of stuff there that's that's fun. I think I said last time, I'm a sucker for two types of things that this movie does immediately, which is I'm a sucker for wish stories like monkey's paw stuff i just love seeing stuff go bad you know you tell me what you want okay fine you want a million dollars your spouse dies and you get the inheritance you're like no that's not what i want bring them back and like saw this coming you know and i also love stories about stories right whether that's uh you know whether that's watching michael douglas and wonder boys just you know which is a a long story about trying to tell a story or even the jake gyllenhaal nocturnal animals 
you know, film, which is a story inside of a story that's crazy. I'm all over that. So I was built to just enjoy the hell out of this. Um, the fun things of like her flying in on the Scheherazade plane, which is stories yeah, within stories. Right. You know, there's, there's so much fun, playful stuff here, but at, at its heart, it gets away from just being a special effects kind of film and goes into things that I liked thinking about and liked. I can't wait to... That's that's maybe a bit more exuberant. I'm looking forward to the next time seeing it and looking at what I know now about their characters, like how they're both super cautious about saying what they want, about falling in love, he with anyone and her with anyone, because she's, uh, she's a widower. She like packs away her... Jack, I guess his name is, packs away his stuff and just puts it in a box on a shelf like a... Like a, a you know, like an educated professorial kind of thing to do. Um, you know, just seeing their cautious stuff about what do you do when you when you have a big, exciting opening so later on in life. Right. Do you take it or do you just stay to where you are? Stay in your lane because it's all working for you. And the bond that they... Oh, yeah, I said that last time. The Because the, it's literally... A, he's bonded to her and then she eventually gets bonded to him through choice. It's just all sort of fun watching, even though they don't really have like a big combustible sexual energy between them. Like that's not even part of this story at all. Like what they have is an intellectual bond, right. you know, and he's got so much experience and she's really containing hers. Can they mix and match a bit? And that's sort of where some of the fun comes to. Right. And as they... um you know, as we're going through the stories with them and he's telling all the stuff about what happens and all of these are, you know, basically parables of yeah, right. of love and relationship and and whatever. And he, you know, he goes to the one, he the woman wants to be pregnant. You know, she wants oh, yeah. whoever it is, like the prince or whoever to be in love with her. Right. Now she wants to... Uh, be pregnant with his kid and yeah and all this stuff uh and as we go back and forth from uh the present to these stories about how things happened how things went wrong how what you think you want doesn't mean anything yeah. because you're looking at everything from your perspective and i'm the gin out here right. going I don't think that's what you want <laughs> and no one's going to listen to the gin, are they? No, just give me my wish. And, and as he falls in love with other people in the stories, um, you know, like, uh, the, the one that was, I thought great was the, uh, you know, the, he meets the woman who's a genius who wants to know yeah. everything <laughs> And then, you know, he falls in love with her and it's really such a strange telling of a story where at the end it's like, uh, like I actually just had to fall in love with her right. at this point. Right. This, this is what happened to us. And so like the fact that I say, oh, and I fell in love with her is like being repetitive. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And trying to deliver that as. Yeah as basically part of your message or whatever. And, um, you know, all of that was awesome. I think a lot of those stories got a little wrapped up in how beautiful they were trying to make yeah. everything, which took us a little outside of little. what we could yeah. have been doing or something. But, uh, but he's great in it. Tilda Swinton's great yeah. in it. Everyone around them is really good, even yep. though no one gets too much of a chance to right. do all that much. The stories are awesome. Uh, the 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 lead up is awesome, and uh, like we said at the beginning, it just gets a little weirdly paced. Yeah, in the middle, that was my big thing. Stuff gets really slow. There's stuff we're watching for too long. Where I think George Miller, you know, like I said, he gets wrapped up in creating the movie. Yeah, and at some point, you know, it's like, but is that the best? way to do this for the story that you're doing yeah. like make that perfect first and then make the pretty picture outside later if you can right. without right. messing it up right yeah. but it is gorgeous like all of it is so awesome looking but it just 
for me does not stick the landing. It just misses all, enough things, right? right? It's just not hitting everything it needed right. to to get over. I saw this thing after uh, we did the first show uh, that the cinematographer for this film, uh, and I might make, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, it's John Seal. And I, it always stuck with me when I saw the tidbit and it said, he's been, he's come out of retirement twice. Right. And I'm like, that's funny. So he came out of retirement to do this film for George Miller. He came out of retirement last time to do Fury Road for George Miller. And I'm thinking there's got to be a joke there with these guys where he's like, at, okay, at point, I'm retirement's done. Not retirement. I'm done. And he's right. like, hey, John, I'll see you in a couple of years. You know, that thing. Right. Um, I, I was telling my girlfriend about the movie. She wondered what we had gone to see last week. And, um, she happened to be in my office where I could show her, uh, the trailer. Cause I thought, you know, you, you might like this film cause she likes Idris Elba, but it's also very smart sort of, uh, smart woman is the main character and that's going to appeal to her anyway. And I showed it to her and when I watched the trailer, I, I couldn't help but think this. As soon as it was done, she's like, wow, I probably would have gone to see that with you guys if I had known this was what the movie is. And I went, that trailer isn't what that you saw. That trailer's a lie. <laughs> because <laughs> right. everything in that trailer is 100% in the movie, but that trailer is designed through a Mad Max Fury Road filter. Like, right. it is combustible. It's action-packed. It looks like no one has time to say anything because everything it, is you magical. You see all sorts of war it's stuff. It's amazing and, looking. Yeah. And I watch it, and I'm like, that is exactly the movie you get, but not the pace you get it. Right. You get that movie that you just saw at maybe one fifteenth of the speed, <laughs> but everything in it does happen. But man, that's a hell of a cut for right. a trailer. Yeah. So and don't be don't be fooled by the trailer that you may see for it. Like don't go in right. with that, especially because uh, I I think the trailers are kind of hilarious for this movie at this point. I do too. Once, once you see it and then go back and watch the trailer. Um, because, you know, there's a part during one of the stories where, uh, one of the people who's a focus of the story, you know, goes in war into war and, and the, the gag is that people talk about how he's like completely (laughs) reckless. Like he goes into the big battle and he just like goes nuts and he, you know, doesn't even care about his own survival. So he's going crazy. He's riding around on the horse. There's a giant war around him. You look like you're in game of Thrones or something. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and that happens for like 35 seconds. Right. Right. <laughs> that's all that that's done. in the movie. Yeah, you're not going to see it. And then it's that. in the trailer and they're like, look at this. Here we go. This is, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like you're going to be watching, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Still, still highly recommend seeing it just like you. Oh, yeah. You know, I still yeah. think people should go see it. If you think you're going to have any fun with it at all, you know, check that out. Um, well, when you mentioned it at the start of this, I just looked and our, our theater has it down to one show, which is. You know, right, the right. kiss of it moving on. Um, but man, what a, what a fun time. What That was a good time watching it. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't, I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I just, I guess there's a gradient between being disappointed or just let down. Right. You know, and I think I'm standing pretty firmly on, I was kind of let down by the end. Right. Um, I will say though, that if you are a fan of seeing movies where there's a lot of gorgeous stuff that's going to happen, and you want to see that on the big screen. Yeah. This is a movie that you're going to want to see on the big screen. Yeah. Because it's not the kind of movie where it's just like, oh my God, you have to see it on the big screen. Right. You know, you're fine watching it sure. when it comes to streaming. Yeah. Except if you're one of those people where, because yeah. man, there is like gorgeous, some stuff. awesome stuff yeah. in this movie that is uh, when he really comes, cool. When he comes out of the bottle and he like fills up her hotel room, like I, you know, I imagine that looks good on whatever TV you've got at home. It looks <laughs> right. awesome it is on really that screen. Cool. Like yeah. you get a real sense of where you are in that room, in that space. Like, right. All right, so uh, we're going to try and oh, knock out these other two movies. And, uh, I, you know, I think we have plenty of time. Yeah. So uh, Samaritan <laughs> is a Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, and as I said, I'm pretty sure it's a Hulu movie. Um, yeah. But I anyway, so. it's, uh, you know, he is uh, kind of a superhero guy. The whole joke of this movie is that there were these two brothers they through some genetic fluke have like basically superpowers. They're uh, just pretty much like strength and Invo- like yeah, they're invulnerability very yeah. kind of thing. Uh, he is all but like bulletproof, right? But and and really can take like any amount of damage. 
as long as you put them on ice. Right. Uh, that's his big thing. Because he overheats. They overheat in yeah. the healing of themselves, yeah. which will explode their heart if they can't right. cool down, yeah. is whatever the goofy story. But anyway, um, and so one of them was the good guy and was Samaritan, and one of them turned bad and uh, was called Nemesis. And so this is like 20 years ago ish, whatever. Yeah. And so now, uh, you know, the conspiracy people are like, are they really dead? Is Samaritan alive? Or here's some mysterious good thing that happened. And was it because, you know, whatever. Right. And so this kid in the movie lives across the street from Sylvester Stallone, uh, who like drives a garbage truck, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they live in, the projects, the projects or whatever yeah. they live in the really poor area of town. And, uh, and he suspects right. that Sylvester Stallone is Samaritan and, you know, then hilarity ensues, whatever. And, uh, and there's this, uh, local like crime board, yeah. 30 year old doofus, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Who, right. who is in no way, even a crime lord, much less like a superhero right. crime lord, right? Right. And uh, and he takes it upon himself to uh, he like idolizes Nemesis and whatever, and there there goes the rivalry and right. Sylvester Stallone gets like kind of outed. I mean, which all happens in the trailer. So right, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, this doesn't give anything. Um. Anyway, and I feel like I kind of blocked this out of my mind, but... Um, <laughs> was that good, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave it a one. You gave it a two. Oh, a two. Yeah. Yeah. That was silly of me. No, but, I mean, um, it was pretty forgiving. Yeah, but. so, I, uh, so like, trying to think back, um, I think what I said in the in the original doing of this yeah. uh, show is what it turns out is the, the movie is oddly for, like, 10-year-olds, which it is too violent for. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's weirdly too violent for them. And I, I think my point was if you're a 10 year old, this is actually not too bad. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's cheesy and goofy and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. And how the bad guy can stand up to Samaritan for more than a second and a half makes no sense. Even in the movie's own world that it's making, and there's this hammer thing and, you know, how that all comes into play makes no sense either. But if you're 10, sure, it's actually not too bad. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone is decent in it yeah. uh, in a movie for 10-year-olds. And the kid is not that horrible an actor in a movie for 10-year-olds. Yeah. But if you're not 10, then the movie's a zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> which... <laughs> That's, that's, I think, how I, I... Yeah, that sounds uh, familiar. That sounds about right. I, I think that's how I justified my two to myself, yeah. is that, you know, I think if you're young <laughs> enough and this is, you know, on Nickelodeon or whatever, right. then, right. you know... Have at it. Then, you know, boom, this is kind of fun. And it's uh, it's got some fun parts. It does. It's got some interesting yeah. things that happen. It's uh, legitimately trying, kind of, in yep. its feeble way and Sylvester Stallone really wanted to be a superhero and wanted to beat someone up even though he's getting old and it's like well how can I keep beating people up well I'm a superhero now right and so it all makes sense right and I've been in hiding that's why and uh yeah so it's really uh strange but uh there is just so much of it that from a non 10 year old perspective that is right there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb 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 stuff here uh whether or not you know it gets away in the comic book that it was originally formed in or not doesn't it doesn't matter it would be a dumb comic book too um and that's okay sometimes you just got to have room for a dumb thing and this would fill it i gave it a two as well i remember thinking that most of that is only from all the scenes that stallone is in that aren't always action you know, when he's just tutoring the kid and walking around, like, I remember talking about this and Kevin Smith's stuff where I was like, charisma takes a lot into a film sometimes. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know that there's a lot here to do in this kind of, you know, John Doe role until he gets figured out whether he's the hero or not. But, you know, Stallone has been in films so long, he can just easily command right. the stuff that he's in. And he's good enough as an actor, even though he's an easy punching bag. 
no sort of joke intended there, that he can lift other people who aren't as good and just make the scene still good. And he does an awful lot of lifting in some of these scenes. But it's a dumb story. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It goes on too long with powers that they kind of turn on and off whenever they want. And it, you're right, 10, 11, then you're all done. Right. So I gave it, I gave it a two as well. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, don't see that. All right, really, really quickly, me time. We can do me time um, fast. And uh, this one is Kevin Hart, who you just mentioned, and Mark Wahlberg. Yep. And and it is a really super goofy movie mm-hmm. that basically centers on the idea. Kevin Hart is like a stay at home dad, uh, and his wife is a apparently very well respected architect. Yeah. And but he stays home. He takes care of the kids. Yep. He's on the you know PTA, PTA board every, yeah, right. or you know whatever the hell. And uh, and he's got some goofy parent friends that oh yeah make right. small appearances whatever. Yeah. And and their gig though is that Mark Wahlberg is his friend has been his friend his whole life. Yeah. And Mark Wahlberg has this uh you know crazy kink of yeah, birthday right, parties right. where he just has insane birthday parties. And yeah. you open the movie where he, uh, he took a bunch of his friends and they're all going whatever it is. Rocket suit. suit. suit I, can't, I still can't remember. We flying, didn't remember then either. Whatever, yeah, right. yeah, I know. And we didn't bother to find out. We didn't out bother to either. look it up either. Uh, yeah. Whatever with the where you where you do like the flying gliding squirrel. thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you make yourself look like a flying squirrel. Yeah. And, Whatever with the suits and uh, and you know they do that and it you know hilarity ensues because that doesn't go well right. and just like you'd expect anyway so it's like that was like fifteen years ago or whatever yeah and now it's time for his birthday again and they do this whole out in the desert adventure they're trying <laughs> to do so that Kevin Hart can get attacked by a mountain lion oh, yeah. and right. then uh, the, the, the guy <laughs> that, that so the guy that Mark Wahlberg goes money to shows up. And then, you know, it's like the hangover meets whatever meets whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the same things on and on. And uh, it's just really, really horrible. And I can't remember this one either because I think I didn't give this one a zero either, even though it deserves it. Um, (laughs) But there's something about this movie. I don't know. I, I. I, I could give this movie anything now, and I seriously, I can't remember. It's okay, I'll tell you. Down. Um, you know, I want to say that I gave it a one, but I feel like that's too low. Yeah. That's not what I gave it. Um, I don't know. I give it like a three or something. You and I, I don't even remember. You now, and I, we both like, said the same thing, and it, it wasn't, you know, that we had to go after each other. It was one and a half. Because we both decided oh, one right, was right, too right, low, right, yeah. but two was too much. Right, right. That it just didn't do, it, it was so dumb and ineffective and not funny. Right. Not funny, you know, with exception, maybe one small quick thing. But it was well-meaning. It genuinely did sit down to make everybody, it, it makes you want to sit down and just laugh with your family if they're here. It's a family right, safe right. film, even though it's even though threading it's not, that PG-13 though, really. line. Yeah. You know, it's really threading the line of inappropriate stuff. I mean, we see Mark Wahlberg naked. The very first time we see him, right. and it's the joke, and he doesn't care, you know. Um, God, I should have practiced my Mark Wahlberg impersonation, but I can't. But I, the best thing that I said about the film was watching Mark Wahlberg have charisma again and Kevin Hart charisma. But I said, and I still stand by it, that it felt to me like Mark Wahlberg was doing an Andy Samberg imitation of Mark Wahlberg, like he did on SNL, right? And that it was okay in the beginning, but it just didn't. It just didn't have enough to carry this film. No, and it doesn't have anything good um, to to kind of get out of the stupidity that's happening because there's a lot of like stupid things. But as we did say the first time we tried to do this and we might as well get a little bit of it in, right? Yeah. It has these moments that just don't quite work and don't feel like they're in the rest of the movie. Yeah. But they're like decent things, right? They're like, okay things. Or there are things where uh, it just kind of strikes you that it should have been funny. Right. But it's in the middle of this, and so it's not, because there's too much of, like, you know, just nonsensical pooping on the bed right. joke-ishness right. or whatever, where it, it's all so goofball. Uh, but there's there's a time where they're going to they're gonna let loose this tortoise. Yeah. And it was like, you know, that was, like, not bad, right? And there's yeah. uh And it's very close in the same 
larger scene, right, where they're uh, they're messing with this guy's house, but they're doing the most innocuous, stupid things, yeah, right, right? right? Like they're thirteen year olds playing right. pranks. And then their Uber driver comes in and starts breaking the dishes and they're like, Hey, what? Whoa, right. whoa, whoa. Like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like that should have been, it was, you yeah. know, it was kind it of was funny. It was still good, but it, it was kind of funny, but it should have been so much better, but right. you're already in the middle of this, yeah. of this nonsense really. Right. Like it's all so goofy and it doesn't have anywhere to go, which right. is it's real problem thing. is that it's, it's kind of like, you know, Paul Blart mall cop, yeah. right? Where, you don't have anywhere to go with this story. All you have is try to figure out how to make another, uh, you know, fat mall cop right. can't be effective at anything right. joke. Right. But you, you, you don't have anywhere to go with that. Right. You just have to kind of keep doing it. And that's where we are. You know, you know who Mark Wahlberg is and you know who Kevin Hart is. Right. And they're going to run into things and he's going to be very... Mark Wahlbergy about it yeah. and you know, whatever. So it it has moments of being a little bit funny. If you could imagine well, sorry. But it's I was just gonna say it's really like Mark it's really like those people at Mark Wahlberg's party are all his right. real friends, and he's like, Do you wanna be in a movie? Right. Here, you can be the background come. schlubs yeah. who come to my birthday parties yeah. and and we'll go out in the desert for a couple days you just some you know, catering whatever. you know yeah, yeah. It, it, it this is i mean this is just a dumb add-on but it's almost like if you tell me that kevin hart's next film is he's a lifeguard at a pool there's going to be some height jokes and he's going to basically have a whistleblowing fight with another lifeguard and they're <laughs> right, always trying to right. get kids to stop running that's exactly how this goes <laughs> it doesn't sound yeah. fun it doesn't sound funny and i guess i trust kevin hart to make things funny but he doesn't always get to do it no so. no and i and i think i might have said this too is weird because i really i mean i like mark Wahlberg anyway i like most of the stuff he's in he's he's good yep um but i really kind of liked him in this even though like it made me feel bad for For, like the more i the more i liked him in it the more i was like ah you know yeah but kevin hart could not man i i couldn't get yeah into kevin hart that's hard anyway uh, so no sense in seeing that. No, uh, skip that. Skip <laughs> it. We're already over, but we actually did kind of cover four movies. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm not sure what will be next week. Oh. Please, uh, please, you know, give us a review, like us on iTunes, all that stuff, or wherever you are listening to us, and uh, harass your friends into <laughs> following along. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.